Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Screening Club podcast, where we give you all the insight into the media that you love. I'm Jeff here again with my two associates, Mike and Chris. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing very well. How are you? Doing pretty well. I, uh, you know, pretty good week. Some some good TV I've been watching this this week. We can get into that uh, a little later. I'm thinking Billions. Billions had a great, great episode this this week. I, um... Yeah? Gosh, I... I'm just so happy that I've started uh I've started watching that and um I'll I'll get more more into that though. You guys should con- consider it. I've said it before, let's make an even trade. I'll start watching a show that you guys would like that I I don't watch although I have watched all of Leftovers. No one asked Un- you to. Unprompted. <laughs> no one asked me to. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know, guy tries to just do do something nice and he gets scolded for it sure um maybe someone maybe it was trying to to jump start the, Wait a second. the idea of an even trade you get to watch a great television show and you think of it as you doing something if anything nice. we what's did, the great television if anything we did you the kindness by by inspiring you to watch that show um okay you're welcome yeah yeah we can talk about that uh we can talk about that show um I say check out Billions. Really cool show. I've heard really good things about this season. That it, it's it's been leaps uh, ahead of uh, its, its previous season. This most Probably. recent episode was just classic. I, I mean, you guys have to admit, Paul G- Giamatti, you know, great great actor. Sure. No I mean, denying that. The subject matter is very cool, right? about like billionaires right yeah it's about yeah, it's a show called billions probably about billionaires <laughs> it's about mostly about one so like tax fraud tax evasion well not to get into you know everything with the show but basically the the main guy acts is a billionaire that runs oh, yeah. a fund where he invests in things it's pretty clear, you know, he gets like little tips that he's not supposed to get, like ins- insider tips. And then Paul Giamatti is the, I think, like the whatever district attorney for New York or something uh, for a section of New York. And he's like, isn't he not without him? Isn't he not without his own warts? Yes, it's really it's investigating like the, the show dives into that. I mean, and the main so- sort of point of contention or whatever i guess is uh that paul giamatti's wife is the in-house therapist that the billionaire acts has on his staff to okay to uh to deal with uh to deal with like the worries of his his staff yeah so they it's a pretty common thing apparently like these large funds where there's lots of stress in the financial world will have a therapist on on staff. Doesn't surprise me. And it's uh, it's it's Paul's wife. It's Paul's wife. So it's pretty interesting. But we can get into that uh, that later. Anything else uh, cool or interesting ha- happening with uh, with you you guys? Everyone in in your life is uh, doing well. I went to my first Red Sox game of the season this Ever? week. Congratulations! Thank was you. it one of the Orioles games? It was. The third game of this very hotly contentious, con- contemptuous uh, series between the Red Sox and the Orioles. Um, if anyone's been following this this national news story about Fenway Park being the most most racist place in America, <laughs> not not to make light of it, uh, what what occurred in, uh, with uh, Adam Jones is is, is pretty horrific, but. Um, but yeah, there were there, tensions were high um, uh, in, in this this game that I was at. There was, I oh, laugh. You, sorry, I laugh because, you know, I think it's overblown. But I do think uh, I think it's very much overblown. I can report safely report back that there were no signs of racism from from my point of view. From where I was sitting, I did not see or hear anything involving that. Of course, that's exactly what a completely racist man would say. Know. You know what they say. 
you look around, you don't see any racists around you. You're probably the racist one. <laughs> Do they think that? <laughs> I don't know, because I, I don't know about you, you Chris, but I feel like I, I see a racist. Me too. Um, but, yeah, apparently, like, I, I didn't really know, but apparently there's been, I guess, Boston sort of has the the stigma of being a little bit of a racially not ex- accepting place. Uh, yeah. Of course, I think I speak for everyone here, of course, uh, you know, not a problem on this pot- podcast, very, uh, you know, open to, to, to everyone. I think, not that this is an excuse, but there is some talk that the true racist scumbags are not actually from Boston, but from the surrounding places around Boston and are coming into these games. We're from the surrounding places around Boston. Yeah, but not everywhere around That's, Boston. You're, you just defined Mike. He's from a surrounding place around Boston coming in for the game. I think Boston is I a work pretty forward-thinking... I live there. I think Boston's a pretty forward-thinking place. It yeah. is. I, I would agree uh, about that. So oh. I, I don't necessarily understand the this, this national suggestion. No, I, that, I think uh, that the truth is, is that the most racist place it, in America. Boston is a major metropolitan area, and there you get a mix of everyone, good and bad. Because so and I just feel like so what happened there. with Adam Jones um, this this over the week could have very well happened anywhere at any ballpark in America, and it would have been like a small fraction of the story. I once saw that's my Adam that's Jones. where my frustrations are. I once saw Adam Jones up close and personal when he yelled something at. Maybe I should have called the the radio stations because I did have a personal experience with Adam Jones. He had an altercation uh, when I was with our friend Tony at a, at a Yankees game. He okay. yelled at someone in the stands at the really? Yankees game. But, uh, y- you know, se- separate se- separate thing. And I will say this. You know, people can choose to be racist, a racist idiot. You know, people are going to go out there and if you want to choose to be racist everyone's going to hate you because you're stupid. So g- go ahead. Go ahead and do it because, you know, I hope that they, you know, you're going to oust yourself as a not a smart person. So it's uh, it's all good. No one should have to go go through through that. So, you know. And Absolutely. It's, it's just stupid, you know. If, if, stupid to judge people on anything but the quality of their their character not to to get too too into it uh and just additional stupidity though like three quarters of the boston red sox are are black like so why Mm -hmm. are you if 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 it's a red sox fan why are you like what is even the like you're just additionally stupid if you're gonna be racist you're being racist against your your own team too i mean the the team's best player i would i would argue is black Mookie betts David Price. David Price. Mookie Betts. Yeah. I was trying to say David Price, n- number one. No. Uh, okay. Not even close. Well, anyway, we'll we'll get off top of that. We'll, we'll get off of this. But I think, you know, bullet points, racism. Come on. Get out. Just get out. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Don't. Come on. Let's move on to uh, to drug drug dealing. Yes. Better call Saul. Heavy emphasis yeah. on, on uh, this past week, this episode, mm-hmm. uh, drug dealing, Mexican drug cartels, and blood feuds that span decades between yeah. cartel infighting. Cartel infighting. This I actually saw episode. about th- th- three minutes of this week's week's episode at the chicken place. What was it at the chicken place? Yeah, we got some stuff hermanos. at the chicken place. Yeah. I I've never seen one episode of Better Call Saul. When, uh, I, I always that. I always forget the guy's name when the uh, the guy that's in the wheelchair in the show Hector. When Hector goes into Los Pollos and like makes a scene, that's the scene that Jeff watched. So I'm really looking forward to your guys' discussion today because I have zero context as someone that has seen neither this show or Breaking Bad, but I have seen like those three minutes of well, this that, show. That's why you that's why you're president for this podcast recording every week so you can get that that contact that's exactly it in this episode of better call saul i couldn't believe how little saul goodman was in this episode he did not appear for the first half it was crazy it was it felt like uh 
like a deleted flashback from a Breaking Bad episode. It really did. It was as much a like Breaking Bad, quote unquote, prequel. I mean, that I think a lot of the the fan base probably would have preferred going into this 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 series as as we've gotten to this point. Just um, being back with Don Eladio and Juan Bolsa and Hector at uh, um, Don Eladio's back patio was. It was great. I, I, I so loved being back there, especially since yeah. we hadn't been back there since that epic shootout and hostile takeover of, of the cartel by Gus. Yeah. And, but let's let's flash forward to the little Saul that we got, or Jimmy, I guess we should keep calling him. I did, I did like this Jimmy stuff because it showed that he does have a plan. We don't know what the plan is, obviously. Right. But there is some sort of plan to get back oh, his yeah. brother. Like, I love the the Saul, Mike drug stuff, but I'm just as into the the Jimmy, Chuck. Well, Jimmy's Kim's the heart thing. of the show. Yeah, I know, but I think the, the the natural inclination is to be more invested in whatever story has the the more life and death stakes. Yeah, which this this story definitely doesn't have, but it has, has the most emotional stakes. You know, it, it the. Uh, the Mike stuff does have life and death, st- death stakes, but not for any of the characters you really care about, because we know True. how their stories end. We know they're not dying anytime soon, yeah. but people around them that aren't in the Breaking Bad universe c- certainly could Very die. easily, yeah. And it's just a ticking time bomb at this point um, as to when we're going to see Hector <laughs> go into that wheelchair. Yeah, something. Any Any predictions? I'm thinking some sort of, some sort of serum. Serum, like wow. he gets injected with something. I think the belief has always been that he suffered like a serious stroke. But uh, the last last line of dialogue from uh, Gus this past week was that a bullet to the head would have been too uh, merciful or too whatever. Yeah. So I think that the ultimate punishment it's could be coming to him via Gus. Yeah, in, a, in, a, in the form of lifelong paralysis, confining him to a wheelchair. confined to a wheelchair in some sweaty desert hut in Mexico, <laughs> ringing a bell. <laughs> ringing a bell. But as we know, he gets the last laugh. He does. It, it is. It like. In the end. Glad you said that. It's. It is so crazy seeing these two go at it, knowing how it is ultimately going to end between the two, <laughs> and that Hector is the one who in a sense, gets, like you said, the last laugh, will will come out uh, the victor. Yeah. Which kind of sucks because we, we, we're we rooting for Gus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but at, at that point, breaking it back, we were rooting for Walt to overthrow Gus. So that's yeah. why. It's the problems you only have with, with prequel series. So many conflicting. But this show does a good job kind of disguising that and making you care about the story in the moment. And it's not. Oh yeah, like not, right now we're, we're fully Team Gus. I would say Team well, yeah. Mike, Team Gus, Team Jimmy. Hell yeah. I uh, sounds pretty interesting. Hey, one one more thing about this show that I that I think is uh, not it's un, uh, unrealistic. I would say everything takes place. The show takes place so close to Albuquerque. It's in Albuquerque. It's in Albuquerque. Yeah. Or so I mean, so close to breaking to where Breaking Bad takes place, and yet Jimmy McGill will become Saul Goodman. Yeah, it just seems like if you're gonna if you're ch- if you have to change your life so radically that you're gonna have to change your name, you probably wouldn't stay in the same exact city. Yeah, but I mean, at this point, he's kind of a, a two-bit nothing lawyer. No one really knows who he is, so I mean, he could make the and he's a. He's currently like appealing to a very different subset yeah, of clients yeah, when he Elder Law. evolves to uh, Saul Good- or devolves, if you, if you will, to Saul Goodman. He's a, he's after a much much different clientele yeah. and probably a much different part that's of good, Albuquerque. That's a good point. Um, where do you think they're going with the with the pictures and the and the mic? Mike, Mike thing, and what, what are they well, going to do to check? The the big picture, the uh, most important picture they looked at was the gas lantern on top of paper. Mm. 
which makes me think that they're going to shoot for like criminally insane. He can't make like yeah, they're definitely going to go after his credibility, his illness. But they want that tape to be played, which is a wrinkle in that theory. I think like I don't know how how are you going to argue away that tape? I don't know. I, I just can't wait. And it was just that, that final scene of them just in, in lockstep, just marching their way out of uh, through those Bingo. doors. What? Bingo. Bingo, yeah. There. They're gonna <laughs> they got some plan. They got some plan, and it has to work. It's good. It's definitely Chuck, gonna They got to take Chuck Or down. you could say it's probably not going to work because he has to change his name. <laughs> Somewhere down the line, he has to change his name. I think probably by the end of the season, he'll be changing his name. But I don't know. If it, get the last line. if it really stood this point. Is this the final season? No. I don't think so, no. This, this thing's going at least five. Five, you think? Yeah, we're in season three right now. I was thinking, yeah. Wow, so it's the, the title of the show, he, he, he doesn't have his name yet? He hasn't become Saul. That's such an awesome way to do a prequel show, is that the character that isn't even the same name. He lives a completely different life. Than the character that you know him as, but you can see him moving into what you know him as. Oh yeah, it's yeah. been so it's he evolves into it's it. It's been a ticking. I said use that analogy before. Ticking time bomb since the start of the series as as to when he'll take he'll take on that name. I think we're we're getting really close. Would you guys suggest that I watch Breaking Bad first if I was going to watch it? Yeah, yeah, because all the callbacks and all the cameos and just all the character reintroductions are that much more rewarding having seen breaking bad on better call Saul, i would say but couldn't i in there they're they're brought back and they're brought back in a way to reward the audience Mm. for for having that familiarity with the with the universe okay like when characters come back it'll have like really dramatic reveals or like it'll like I see. expect you to like already know, like what's like what this guy's drug business is like. So I'll be doing a lot of asking. Uh, Reddit, yes. <laughs> if no, if I was, if I was watching, uh, if I was watching Better Call Saul first, I would be doing a lot of why does this man have a d- dramatic music when he comes in and things. If he, uh, right. <laughs> if you're not. If you never, if the character's never spoken on the screen before, why is this episode <laughs> ending on a close-up of this random man's face? <laughs> I don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, sounds pretty good. Let's talk some Veep. Sure. <laughs> what do you guys think about this week's episode? They were on a trip. Titled Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> Took me a minute to realize that they weren't in the. The state of Georgia, but I know. the country. E- even while the people were voting, I was just like, "Oh, she's like." At the beginning, I was like, "She's doing some some sort voter of stuff. congressional special election." Yeah. yeah. And then uh, <laughs> I know, and then they st- even when the the first line about it being a free the first f- free election, I thought to myself, "Must be some weird stuff going on in Georgia that yeah. we don't know about." But then finally, it was obvious. They really, I mean, do you guys think we're like, like at the end of this season, some crazy things going to happen? Like, I'm perfectly content with us just watching her go, go around. I don't think, like, do I think she'll become president or become, come into some sort of elected office by the end? Like, she's dropped multiple hints about. I think she's going to be suffering all season long. Everyone in this show is just like not like a good person, you know, like they're all asses. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty funny. Um just and then Dan is just the one scene where <laughs> they want him to 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 be the, the father the, of their the donation. Yeah. Oh yeah, he, he's totally down. Yeah. He was so. You want me to donate sperm? So routine sure. about He's it. He's down, but he needs at least forty-five minutes. <laughs> that was pretty good. That there is some good stuff with both of the Georgian politicians trying to buy buy her, buy her off or whatever. I love that. I actually really like that because it was her, like way, like dealing with this moral decision. 
which really don't usually it's just like I'm doing this bad like I'm just flippantly doing this like it was nice to see her her recognizing that that like on the surface this is a very bad thing (laughs) but even legally but also morally and ethically it it is to see that she can identify something (laughs) terrible when she sees it is 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 nice there's there's still some small semblance of of humanity uh, with, within Selena, Selena Meyer. Oh my God! Yeah. It's a nice moment when uh, I I love when the the father comes up with his daughter and makes like the 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 discriminatory against women comment about mm-hmm. how no you you won't become pre- president your brother will and then I I just love when Selena has the moments of can we still get a picture and she just goes no and then just walks walks off like it's really oh but i think the line of the episode for me i guess i've been trying to pick out lines of of the episode when they go to the guy's apartment the second guy that's supposed to be like the better guy and Mm -hmm. they find out he's also like it's just accepted he's he's gonna bribe her and then this this is a not 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 an exact quote but (laughs) when selena gives the uh like I was wondering why, uh, you know, you're you're such a su- successful politician, but you're living in this. Like I forget what her exact yeah. line was. But it was like a piece of shit apartment. Like, it was so funny. <laughs> My favorite line of the episode was when Jonah thinks he's been invited to a party. <laughs> and then he says, "I'm buying." And by I'm buying, I mean the people of the state of New Hampshire. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. That's us. That would be us. Our tax dollars. (laughs) Buying Jonah's dinner. Oh, God. That was... uh... Yeah, I like this episode just because it was nice to see most of the cast that we're familiar with. um, Interacting. Back, back in the fold with with Selena, there's just something that, that felt right about Kent and Ben just sort of huddled around Selena, advising her on, yeah. on these, these various like extremely unethical and un- immoral uh, quandaries. Wait, weighing the pros and cons. I know it's it, ju- like... it just felt we. F- I felt at home that and then of course the back and forth between her and uh now now secretary of state doyle i've always loved that (laughs) that power struggle between the two of them (laughs) and like like the whole quibble over who put who dares to put whom on hold um Mm -hmm. was great i like that too (laughs) i love yeah i love like stuff like that just that their their whole history over the course of this show has been really fun to sort of track. And like last last season, he was her sort of afterthought vice president, and now she's this this afterthought former president representing his state department. Yeah. It's it just that that must be like one of her 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 most per- personal hells is just having to answer to, to this guy, yeah. who she used to have complete control over. <laughs> It was, uh, uh, it was good. It was good. And I forget who like that scumbag, the, the Congressman again with Jonah. It was a nice line when they, they're, they're finally like, Hey, you can, you can come, come out with us, come out with us now. And then he said, Oh, you, you take the next car. And then he goes, I don't know where, where, where you're going. And, and the guy goes like, I know. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty good. No one I didn't realize. The guy uh, I'm not gonna be able to describe it, but he was in the Drew Carey show. Um, tall guy with oh, yeah. black hair. I think his name is Diedrich. Do you guys yeah. know him? He had a weirder name than I thought because I've seen him around like he was familiar to me. He's also in Veep. He played the guy that got put into into jail. Mm-hmm know who, who, who i'm talking about yeah and then he uh like i didn't realize i for for some reason i connected with him mike do you, do you not remember him that there was a guy who was like a consultant he's or like something. the consultant they bring into like oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he's a scapegoat right right and um, he's, bill bill something bill erickson yeah bill erickson like memory 
I just feel like I've seen him around so much, and for his name to be Diedrich, like I feel like he's I, on a I new ABC comedy. Yes, what it's called. I've fifth, seen him on there with comedy. the woman from uh, Eastbound and Down. Oh wow! Yeah, I think it's her. I think. Okay. Um, but anyway, just sort of, I was thinking about him. Like, doesn't he seem like f- familiar to you guys? Like when I saw him on Veep, like it wasn't like oh a new guy. I was like oh of course he's from like, the Drew Carey show. It's it's is this guy. I just feel like I would have known his name. I'm sure he was on um, it's a Cruise pe- Line Is It Anyway? Peculiar name. Yes, I I believe he was. He was on a few other things, yeah. too, of course. Um, but anyway, good stuff as always with Veep. Let me talk for a moment about Billions. Let me talk for a moment about Billions. Um, you guys still don't, don't partake? No. <sighs> Too many shows. Billions, so good. I mean, Chris or, or over here watched in enti- the entirety of Roseanne. Can't fit in Billions. I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of Roseanne. This is a classic thing that Chris says when he's trying to act like he doesn't do it. He absolutely. Th- this man purchased a picture of Roseanne. I've for seen my, him do for it. my sweet brother's birthday. I, I've seen him do it. But anyway, Billions, so good. This episode in particular, though. This episode of, of Billions, um, I'm seeing now, this episode of Billions, 9.8 out of 10 rating on IMDb. I know. I mean. Whoa. But anyway, this episode. Have you just been clicking 10 <laughs> out of 10 for, Come on. over and over for the last two days? This episode is so good. So for those of you that watch, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you enjoyed it. Those of you that don't, this entire series is based around Axe, who's like a hedge fund billionaire man, and his entourage um and paul giamatti plays uh chuck rhodes who's like a u.s attorney who's sort of on the tail of all this type of thing and he's you know they're sort of going back and forth it's unclear like who's really the good guy like you know they're sort of like you you could back chuck who's paul giamatti or you could back axe sort of like the cooler um guy and the big thing though is like like the 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 drama, the ongoing drama is that Chuck's wife works for Axe and she never talks about anything. She's very professional, but you can imagine she learns a lot of things that would help Chuck. Things have happened. Chuck has one time stolen her, her emails and used it to, to get a good, good case on Axe. But this episode has been building up. It was so good. So basically, Chuck's father, to add additional, you know, shit to this, his father is also like a, you know, an investment man, sort of like, like Axe. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a trust fund for Chuck, which Chuck cannot touch. Seems like it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, they get a tip or whatever that this company, it's a juice company, it's going to go public and it's going to be big or whatever. Chris always gives this smirk. If it's anything, if 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 it's anything that's out of line, nice, with like his, his normal nice juice company drama. He watched he watched last last week on uh, on what's it called the leftovers. He watched a man walk walk around in 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 the desert for for an hour dancing, but he can't in he can't you know a juice company. But anyway, well, I I can't let that shot at the leftovers <laughs> slide. It was like. Five minutes, but go on. Well, the whole episode was watching a senile man walk. Yeah, it, walk it was around. a man on a spirit quest. Yes, and I guarantee you, if Chris didn't watch the, the leftovers, we'd be getting the Chris smirk if it man on a, on a spirit quest. But anyway, spirit quests are <laughs> are can be powerful journeys for people in reality, not not even in and it was a powerful and, man, and men can make hundreds of millions of dollars from a juice co- company go- going public. I never said it's true. They couldn't. I just well, make, I just made a smile. I just made a smile. <laughs> anyway, no, this is really good. So I, ju- I just want to lay lay this out for you. It's going public. Axe gets word that Chuck has told his dad he can invest a huge chunk of his trust fund in the juice company going public. They have some knowledge, so they think it's going to be like a sure thing. He's going to make a ton of money. 
Axe gets word of this, and he decides he's going to do what he can to screw it over and to make it so that when the juice company goes public, the stock goes, goes down and Chuck loses money. So does that make sense? In addition to that, uh, Axe can short the stock. So if it does badly, he makes a ton of money. So he's doing both of these things. Um, but it's shady the way he's doing it. He's, and he doesn't really do stuff like, like this often, but he's planting people. He's only doing it because he wants to like screw over this, this guy because they've been going back and forth. Axe has actually been like a really, like he, he is a very good person. He's a family man. Never lied to his wife except for one time. He felt re- really bad. But anyway, it goes down. He plants people to physically, like, they put shit in their juice and get sick. And he screws him over. Paul Giamatti loses his entire trust fund, which completely screws him. Wow. Then we see the end of the episode. Paul Giamatti is sitting on his bed like this and, like, crying. And then it pops up like two weeks earlier. We, we, we learn Paul G- G- Giamatti has gone nuclear, screwed himself out of hundreds of millions of, of dollars by informing, I won't go into everything, but informing people that he knew Axe was going to do like insider weird shit to screw, to screw, screw, screw it over. So they've been trailing Axe or whatever. Like, it was a surefire way to screw over Axe, but he, in turn, also screwed over over himself. Then we see at the end, he was laughing and not crying. But we're left now with, like, everyone screwed. Axe is screwed because he's about to, like, get very hardcore, like they have evidence against him. Paul Giamatti is screwed because he just lost his entire trust fund and... They were grooming him to run for governor. This is a whole other storyline. And it's going to come out that he knew about all this stuff. Like, it's going to come out mm. that Chuck was doing all this stuff. So, you know, Mike, you were mentioning, was that the last episode? But looks like it's the second to, to last. So we've got some crazy stuff that's going to go down in this final episode. Um, just great episode. Really, really great. I would... um. Sounds like a show that has found its groove. <laughs> yeah, it's found its groove. It's found its groove. Hopefully, I mean, I've loved it since the first few episodes I watched because I, I just, like, I accept that I can watch, like, a shittier show if it has, you know, the things that I, I like. Like, mm-hmm. I really liked, you know, had that entourage feel, like I mentioned. Yeah. But now we've... You, you were a entourage devotee to, I love the very entourage end. yeah yeah you even like the movie yeah sure yeah <laughs> oh yeah I mean the entourage movie was just you know an opportunity to see everyone again you know so it was cool um like Chris you you boy, can imagine boys when, are back when Chris heard the news of the Roseanne re- reunion you know probably not going to be the best but Chris cried tears of joy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep. and we all stare lovingly at the framed photograph of john goodman riding a motorcycle with roseanne that's hanging in 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 here but yeah great stuff sorry to take up time with billions you guys don't watch it but awesome stuff check it out i recommend it i recommend it chris you had a quick hit yeah i watched american gods on the new stars show created by brian fuller or created by i think created by created by Based off the novel by Neil Gaiman, I want to say. It's about a man named Shadow Moon. He gets out of jail. Gets out of jail a little early. A few days early. Because his wife has died. Uh, And then, on his way home, he meets a mysterious stranger on an airplane. And... The mysterious stranger recognizes that he has some valuable skills. Skills like you could probably beat someone up, maybe. Maybe you're good at crime. Uh, and he, he enlists him for some for a job. And I don't really know what we don't really know what that job is. Kid, uh, 
Can I just interject with one quick thing? Absolutely. I can, as a third party here, feel the tension in, in the room because Chris has hinted before we started recording that he may not have had the most positive views on this show. So right now I'm just watching Chris give this what seems like a, you know... Sarcastic? No, like like it seems like he's not saying whether he liked or disliked anything, like just like an yeah, outline why, of what happened. Why I'm trying to give a just very staring basic... him down like he knows that this is about to take a turn. <laughs> Before I give my feelings about the show, I want to give a very basic description. But please, yes, it. please. Please can... And then continue for us. Yeah. As we learn more about as we learn more about this this curious and mysterious stranger and the world that the crime underworld that he inhabits, we learn that maybe some things that we thought were only fantasy are actually reality. And uh Okay. There are some supernatural things going on. And it's very violent and uh there's a lot of a lot of action. It starts off with a very very large action scene and I just did not enjoy it you know it had a lot of <laughs> had a lot of hype the uh I didn't think the action was very well done the the writing was uh left a lot to be desired hmm. the main character is not very charismatic uh yeah just a little rough I haven't watched the episode yet I, I something I, I plan to get to um but I would just think as a passionate lo- lover of the the show Hannibal, Brian Fuller's previous work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would think like this guy knows what he's doing. He knows how to tell and knows how to make an awesome TV show. I'm going to give him some slack, the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he didn't put together the best pilot episode of the show, but I have faith in him to, to pull through by, by the, Mm-hmm. Very latest, the middle portion. So, yeah, I don't know. I just don't understand this whole defeatist attitude of yours. Like, yeah, it was, it was. I didn't enjoy it. I'm, I'm done. I'm gonna wash my hands of it and just, you know. Well, as shitty you, show. As you say, there's a lot of TV on, and it doesn't hook me. It doesn't hook me. On to the next. Got money in yeah, my pocket. Yeah, but with someone like Brian Fuller's reputation, like you would just think, okay. Swing and a miss, episode one. But you know, I know he's a great man. He he knows what he's doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> keep keep watching. See 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 what he can do. Did you watch any of Brian Fuller's earlier stuff, like Pushing Daisies? Never watched Pushing Daisies. Only seen Hannibal. <laughs> so what if it? Mike, do do I me, need to see any any more? Let me posit this: What if it was a fluke? What if <laughs> what if Hannibal was a fluke? No, that's impossible. Well, watch watch American Gods. Tell me what you think. And hey, if I'll it gets better, that. I'll gladly binge it later on down the line. But will that's the you, great thing about television. I feel like if if he starts telling you how how great it is, you'll you'll still push it off. That's what he did with um, Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad. You won't caught up on Better Call Saul. You won't buy it. Like if he says, "Oh, it really turned around in episode two, Chris." Join in so we can both enjoy watching it, you know, together. No, no, you won't give it a chance. It's a stubbornness, your TV stubbornness. There's a lot. Of, hey, there's a lot of TV on. I know, but if he tells you it's great, then I'll watch it eventually. What but if the, I come back and say the pilot's great? I loved it. I'll say good for you. I'm glad you liked it, my good friend, my sweet friend. I'm glad you liked a television show. Is it possible that you could maybe it'll grow on you? definitely possible why don't you just you know just give it the second episode a hey show? how about this why don't you guys watch it and tell me your feelings and stop uh stop beating up on the only guy that watched the episode <laughs> that's true doesn't seem like my type of show huh doesn't now listen like when I, I listen there are we're living in a time where action films and action tv shows are at probably their pinnacle of quality of the action and chore- fight choreography. And yet you continue to watch The Walking Dead. Sure. <laughs> so, The Walking Dead has some really fun f- fun action scenes. I hear you shitting on its action choreography quite a f- Yeah, quite totally. Ooh, totally, for sure. He's bringing up some good points from what you just said about this but the other walk- show. The Walking Dead's more, more than just action. It's tied to my soul because I've read so many of the comics. I have to see what, what happens. American Gods, I, I guess the book is very popular, but I haven't read it. 
I'm sure Mike could find a comic or two to to bring bring you into this show. He he might even, he's he's got a couple of connections where he could m- maybe cr- create a comic for. I you. did I did watch the uh, the after the episode. That's a great point, Jeff. I did watch the after the episode like recap, and there's this one insane scene. Like it's like it's the crazy scene from the episode. Like if you guys watched it, it'd be like, whoa, what did you think of this scene? You watched the after episode. Like thing, yeah, because Brian, because Brian Fuller was there talking about like his thought process of creating, like, and they were talking about how to deal with bringing the scene to television, how it's like, it's pretty explicit what happened in the scene, and it was just, it just wasn't. They don't have. It doesn't seem like they have the big, the biggest budget. Well, probably they probably don't. It's on stars. I know. What do you expect? But that, but I mean, maybe maybe dial it down a little bit. Maybe work within your budget. Huh. Uh, well, gonna... God bless American gods. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see if if you two watch any of it for next week, and we'll get a more definitive. I uh, feeling. I'm gonna do the quickest of quick hits on DS. DS. Did someone die this past week? Yes. How How do you know? I was just reading an article that. Said someone died. Yes, it did happen. Hey, uh, I don't know who it was. Speaking of designated survivor, you know oh, he's gonna bring up his friend on on, on Instagram. Not Instagram. No, shout out to that guy though, President Tom Kirk. I think was his name. Tom Kirkman. Yeah. Tom Kirkman. Uh, one of the greatest literary literary minds ever, Stephen King. Okay. Big fan of television. Likes The Walking Dead. Okay. He talked about DS. Out of nowhere. Yesterday, he posted this on Twitter. Designated Survivor keeps getting better, and isn't Maggie Q something? Terrific performance. Really? Has, has Stephen King one been of the greatest by, one by of the, ABC? One of the greatest storytellers He must be trying to adapt something <laughs> yeah. to ABC. That's the only explanation. I've, in the... Seven or eight episodes of DS that I've seen. Never once have I paused to think, man, that Maggie Q. <laughs> I mean, well, it makes me think. It makes me think, but it's nothing like to nothing worthy of sending out some special tweet about. Now, wait a second, Mike. You're not cut up to DS, are you? Oh no, of course he's not. Is has was Maggie Q's performance in the latest episode worthy of that Stephen King tweet? Well, she's been kidnapped. Oh, oh. Um, she's been what? She's been kidnapped. Oh boy. Yeah. By. Ugh, it's just. It's turning into a whole thing, but at least we're starting to get some vision on who, who's behind it all. Is it some inter-government conspiracy? Um. Isn't it? Always? It does not seem like that thus far. No. Okay. It seems like it's a. All American in, inside job. I mean, I guess you know. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, is it our our own government behind the tech? Uh, the tech? No, no. It's like a rogue bank. It's like a rogue. It, it's a agency. from a foreign yeah. entity. No, he said all American. No, all American. I think yeah. Like it's like remember in Homeland last season. Yeah, I okay. think it's like that. It seems like I mean, of course, there could always be. It's DS. There could be an, another layer. But the highest level people we have now are there is a plant inside the government. And the other figurehead is, or, you know, who's been revealed to be like an inside job is the CEO of a huge company who's now starting to try to run for for office. Um, And it's been revealed that he and this guy in the government and the guy... Lozano or whatever the guy that uh, apparently was killed when what's his name briefly was president while uh, Kiefer was under uh, he's he's alive it was fake that he died so we have these three sort of main people that are bad now but anyway don't want to spend too much time on DS but I'll just say Maggie Q's been, been kidnapped turns out she's on a boat in the middle of the ocean She's escaped her little thing. Like they, they had her in like a shipping container. She's she's on the ocean. Um, who knows where she's she's going? 
um, her performance. I mean, was was that on that was Stephen King's comment on this week's performance? That tweet was from yesterday, so not a lot of talking from Maggie Q this week. Like she was in. She it was she a great was internal performance. Handcuffed, and then she yelled like, "Where is he? Where is he?" That was, you know. And then, yes, unfortunately, uh, her former boss, who went crazy when they kidnapped and killed his son, um, former director of the FBI or deputy director, they killed his son. His son was found dead. Yeah, oh my God. several episodes. That back. was the last episode I watched. He was kidnapped. Yeah. Well, that was a while ago. He's dead. Um, he's not the boss, not the deputy director anymore. Things no, because he, in exchange for a, what he thought was his son's life, he did some inside shit for them, and then he got in trouble. Of course. Uh, not only now is he not the uh, director anymore, he's also dead. <laughs> what? He was killed this this past wow. past week. Oh, he was the character that died. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Not before getting, he was in his little hut. He went rogue. He had been doing some work work with Maggie Q, but it was unclear. She thought he was still a little crazy because uh, of his son. He went rogue and went to the billionaire's house or wherever that they were and got pictures of him with the guy they know is bad Whoa, is in the a, government. Is this a crossover with billions? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, it could be. Cross my mind. They went I'll, to the I'll billionaire's say. house. Um. <laughs> And he also got audio recording of them, like, saying, you know, classic thing, you know, just, yeah, we're, we're going to screw over everyone, like, blah, 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 blah. And then he hears, he hears a sound. And he goes to his laptop and does a bunch of typing. I'm assuming he uploaded it to some sort of cloud or something, because, I mean, why would they have him do that? Surprised it didn't pop up, like, Ford Cloud, <laughs> like, because they've, they've been doing an awful lot of Ford. Um... But anyway, then he gets up. He's looking around. Turns out the sound was a deer. I saw that deer. I said, this guy's probably going to die. Turn, turned around. The main bad guy was there and killed him. And that was it. So that was DS this week. At least we're getting a little bit of clarity. Yeah. And from what I hear, you can ask for only two, two episodes left. Wow. Well, please keep us updated. Absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe you could... um. You ask Chris to give your your show a chance. Maybe by by watching uh, twelve or so a- a- episodes of DS, you can in- in- inspire Chris. That's right. Exactly. Great. So we'll see where where we stand next next week. Uh, let's talk about the leftovers. I'm. Let's dig in. What did you guys think? This episode was entitled "Crazy White Fellow Thinking." Thinking. That's right. Yeah. Really. Believe so. Didn't realize it was called that. Does that change your feeling on the episode? Give you some more context. No, I don't want to. You know, poison your your guys' love. So I'll just <laughs> let you, you speak. Yeah. It was a hell of an episode. It was. Uh, Kevin Garvey Senior, who we haven't we haven't seen much of at all since really um, season one. He appeared twice very briefly last season. And we've just been, it's the episode we've been waiting for since he sort of popped up last season to just casually drop that he was heading down to Australia (laughs) to start the world back up again. And man, it was, what a journey we, uh, we witnessed and it was, it was worth the wait and just the way it, it ties, it, it tied so seamlessly into, uh, going on with Kevin Kevin Jr. and what was likely to to arise late, later in the season like you, it just leaves you with such a clear idea of where the season might be heading that I was really impressed by yeah Chris well it's one uh, in my review on screenclub.com talked about how if there's one thing the leftovers does really good is taking these characters that you think are side characters and giving them their own episode to kind of flesh out their character and give them more importance than they had before, or show a different side of them. And I think this was you know, we've got we've got a few mad episodes now. We've got a few Nora episodes. 
Oh, yeah. This was probably the only, since this is the last season, Kevin Garvey Sr. episode. The only Kevin. And it was a good one. Kevin Sr. episode. Um, Yeah, just his whole, as as we coined earlier, spirit quest uh, through (laughs) the rain line is that the song line called? of a uh, of australia indigenous mm-hmm. tribes uh was just it was just so wild and crazy and just so b- befitting of this show like it, it could only work in the context of of this show and what we already know of kevin senior and what we already know of this this fractured world and that just it, it was all just leading up to that insane, just wild rambling rant monologue uh, between he and Christopher Sunday. Uh, just that that whole monologue was so crazy and funny and just so awesomely delivered by by uh, oh, I forget the actor's name, but anyways, so great. Yeah. There's a chicken named Tony. Tony the chicken. Yeah, what do you think, Jeff. No, I mean, yeah, I think this episode was sort of like the uh, the secret spy one. International assassin. And it, yeah, you, you even connected with that episode a little bit. Oh yeah, uh, because that's where. Isn't this supposed to be like concurrently like this? Oh no, he he spoke about talking to his son on the TV, right? In this episode, he spoke about taking God's tongue. I think that's what the he drug took was God's called. tongue. God's tongue, and, that, and that's what he had. And he admitted to being on uh, through the TV yeah. in, in that episode with Kevin. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to. I'll I'll just say I think both episodes, like ten to fifteen solid mil- minutes of like what actually happened. They said, let's stretch it out. Throw in a bunch of crypt, cryptic stuff, some good music. Uh, you thought the music was good? I can't specifically remember the music in the rain dance song in this episode, yeah, but one. I remember in uh, in general this music. Like, yeah, the music's good. This TV show's bread and butter is just slap some. They are some good music. They are very repetitious with their uh, musical cues. Yeah, I was, um, don't quote me on this, but I think the musical director of this show is the same musical director as uh, Big Little Lies. Big wow, Little Lies. that wouldn't surprise me. Um, hmm. And she's like a superstar, if she is, because, I mean, can you imagine, it must be like a different thing, like Big Little Lies, like they have, you know, a lot of dialogue going on, and, you know, yeah. so much of that. And then this show, she must just be like a bunch of random stuff, you know, going on again that makes no sense. Just give us a good song. <laughs> like, I mean, for the, I, 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 I won't, I won't. But I mean, isn't that for you guys part of the, the charm of of the of, of the show that there's like a bunch of random dis disconnected stuff? Well, I think they're more connected than. Yeah, I think. wouldn't say they're. It, there is some some random moments, um, but it is all like in the. It's all in the service of fleshing service out of, the world of this world and how it's radically shifted from from what it once was. Yeah, I'm really in that in- people are doing insane, crazy things that don't really make a lot of sense uh, outside of this greater context. But once you sort of dive deeper into it and just imagine why it is that people are doing the things that they're doing, that's what. Is so fascinating to me. But will we ever find out what really is is happening? Like Good as question. far as what what the big question, the, the great departure. What? Well, is it just su- supposed to be like because this crazy thing happened? That's like just all this. That's really the, that's the point of the show. It's not what it's not how or why the great departure occurred, but how the the people that were left behind responded to it. And what grew from that that event? That's An episode like the special spy episode that takes it a step further. Like, yes, people can do random shit because something bad happened, which we dive extensively into. But 
But then on top of that, it's like let's also do a bunch of like well, yeah. make make believe things. Well, that was that was an elaborate detour. I, I would say mm. I would say a very special episode of the leftovers, and either you love it or you don't. I happen to love it just partly for its just audacity and inventiveness and create creativity. Uh, that's one of my favorite episodes ever. I've been watching season two concurrently with this season, and it's been very weird. I've never watched a TV show like that. That's interesting. Like, I've been watching, like, oh, a few episodes here, because I've been watching it with it my father. doesn't seem like the words of a man that doesn't have time to <laughs> check out. I, I yeah, thought rather, that. I was not, not going to say it. <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd rather, yeah, this show's actually a really good show. I'll, if American God, hey, American Gods was as good as this show, I'd keep but watching that. Be. Well, I guess you could say that about literally any show that has a shitty first episode. Could get better. Yeah. So my point, my point about bringing that up is, I you you probably remember you you probably remember this, Mike. You might as well, Jeff. Oh, and it, it's because it was a character that came back in this season that I completely didn't recognize, but she wasn't in the second season. In the second season, when Matt, in the Matt episode, when he's trying to get back into Jordan, oh yeah, that that old woman, yeah, who, the old woman who asks him, who asks to, him like, to hit that man with the paddle, yeah. I remember her. She, she is the not in this episode. She is the wife of the pillar man. The wife of the pillar man. And do you think it's supposed to be? Well, it's the same actor. No, it's the same character. I assume it's the same character. Yeah. I just, uh, it's just like whatever, Chris. I didn't even. That's just a crazy character coming back that that's I didn't even that I didn't even recognize. Well, she mentioned Matt mentioned that that he she and him were friends, and that that's how that's they became how. friends. Yeah, so they met. And why was she outside of Jordan? Because she was wasn't welcome in the city. Why? A- until the town, the t- park of, of oh, okay. miracles. But you would have thought and, and you would have thought when if the, the the tent city migrated into the, the middle that of town. Did, that does make sense, and that's probably it. But you would have think you would have thought if Pillar Man actually lives there. Didn't didn't they get into it in this episode about why Pillar Man was up in that pillar? I forget. Maybe they did. Actually, why? Anyway, that that was just where he died. Yeah, yeah. They probably did. I just forgot about it. I think they got too too much in into like why. Is it unclear? Wasn't someone? I I forget why he was in Miracle. Anyway, that was just a cool. There was was a reason. That was a cool connection that I didn't realize the first time around watching. Yeah, that's a. And then insight. we just got to talk about briefly about that final scene. I mean, the, this this episode really built to two key conversations between two characters. The first between Kevin Sr. and Christopher Sunday. The second between Kevin Sr. and Grace. Uh, the old woman that we met last week who killed the not Kevin, Kevin, chief yeah. of police. And just that whole exchange and that whole monologue about what she was after and why she did that to that that police officer last week and what that what Matt's book of Kevin means to her and how she just she feels so defeated and lost until that final line from who knows from Kevin senior about how she just got the wrong Kevin he just got the wrong Kevin that was perfect well, that just left I was so just blown away by that that monologue from her. Like, just that was so sad and, and tragic yeah. about how she she thought her kids disappeared, but really they were just out looking for her and they, they died. Um, I was just so blown away by that. But then just to have that final line from Kevin to end the episode was awesome. I was just left with a smile on my face. It was here, a really here. good line. And it reflects back kind of the through line of the season, even from the first opening flashback I guess you'd say is that you people are are constantly searching for people that for others that will validate their beliefs right and she, saying you just got the wrong Kevin is exactly what she needed to hear at that point mm-hmm. to make her feel better whether it's true or not and yeah we've seen so many iterations of that whether it was Nora getting the hug from Holy Wayne mm-hmm. or Tommy giving hugs to refugees of the, um, the guilty hole. remnant. Yeah. And 
here he is thinking that he's the star of the of this world that he's the lead actor in his son's story when it it really in fact is the reverse of that he's the supporting actor in in the story of kevin jr and who just so happens to be exactly what grace needs and what grace is looking for and then who just so happens to be on his way to australia kevin jr v kev <coughs> yeah and just ha- yeah how those ideas are gonna ultimately converge on so excited about yeah that was a good scene it was Hey, that Kevin Sr. Hey, you guys seen the Defenders trailer? I saw that he was in it. Well, he plays a big role in Daredevil and Daredevil Season 2. Oh. He's Daredevil's mentor. I watched the trailer. Was not impressed. Yeah, I was not impressed. The thing... Daredevil is... is, The action is shot so well in Daredevil. And that one action scene that they show at the end of that trailer. It's just not... It's just not very... doesn't look very well done. But guess what? I'll watch it. I ain't watch. <laughs> I I don't know what what that is. Defenders is the, you know how Netflix has all these Marvel shows. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes. It's all of them coming together, Avenger style, for their own season. Just what the world needs. Oh yeah, you you had another yeah. Avenger style superhero team up, but a whole season style. of a team up. Anyway, oh, Kevin Senior's in that show, and he looks like he like helps bring them together and train them. We should start. Ca- I, you know what? We're we're gonna plan some special events around uh, welcoming back Game of Thrones. Yeah, I think roundtable discussion, some some analysis, and and talk about the the prior season. I think uh, okay. I I can't wait. I can't wait either. Yeah, Coming back in July, so we're what? two months away. When does Le- Leftovers end? So there's um, eight episodes this season, so probably five weeks. Beginning of June. So that'll bring us almost right right into it. Once well, yeah. that's, that's what HBO does. Probably a week in between. That'll be a double cause for for celebration. Who knows? In a, in a way, cause for deep. Deep sadness and mourning, but yeah, celebration, sure, because I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Well, it'll give you, you you'll you'll contemplate. The, I'm I'm sure the end of leftovers won't be some. This isn't the end of the season. Though. This is the end of the show. Yeah, but like and it'll give you stuff. This to is cont- an all-time show. Contemplate about life. I, I'm going to need a couple yeah. weeks to mourn the loss of. <laughs> but what if it's just so? It just gives you so much to it. It'll completely change your pers- perspective, and, and you'll be so th- oh, thankful for it. I, I fully expect that. I think it'll just be. <laughs> it's a lot confluence of emotions. It, it okay. won't just be one single thing. One last thing about this episode: Did anyone did did you guys pause the? Jeff thought we were done. <laughs> one last one last final thought. I was no, I was gonna say. I was gonna say no. No, no time, Chris. Sorry, and then move on. <laughs> but that said, I, he's already too too far into it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. It. I'm gonna do this if you guys haven't. I'm sure someone online, someone on the message on the Reddit message boards have done it. Have done it. They show a whole page. They show the page of the Book of Kevin. Oh yeah. Did you pause it and read it? I, d- I did not. I didn't, but I'm sure it was. Ju- I mean, they, sure it's been transcribed somewhere. I'm sure there. it has too. Be interesting. We'll to, look uh, it up. To read it. We'll look it up. We'll discuss ne- next week. I mean, that was the page that, that made this, this woman Beast. kidnap a police Beast. chief and drown him in a pond. More than just one woman, like a group of... I know. So like I almost mean, a cult. Ha- the words have to be pretty powerful. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, we'll... Uh, we'll report back on that. We'll next. see. We'll see. Um, until then, though, guys, where can we find you online? Twitter.com slash Thymolaris, ScreenClub.com. You know it. Of course. And Mike? Uh, at Linguistics underscore on Twitter. ScreeningClub.cam. Dot cam? Dot cam. Gotcha. You. you can find me the real Jeff Moore.com. Jeffum on Twitter. Check it out. You can find us as always as 
these guys mentioned, ScreeningClub.com for more articles in sight and to share your thoughts. If you do have any comments or thoughts and you'd like to share with us directly, you can email us, ScreeningClub at gmail.com. Please remember to rate and subscribe. It means a lot to us. And check us out on all social media. We, we love talking on there. Until next week, guys, thank you for being with us. We'll talk to you soon.